Blog Talk Radio. You are now listening to CLNS Radio, your source for all things basketball. You cannot stop this guy. This guy is unbelievable right now, and with the way he's playing, he's played an outstanding brand of basketball. You're trying to tell me he's not the next best thing? What are you hearing? Man, all I know is this guy can fall, and if you can come out and play with him, you can play with anybody in the league. I want your opinion. Call into the show. Why don't you drive the rack? Seriously, why don't people drive the rack more often? Fed up with this cookie-cutter brand of basketball, not go out and hand-check. What are you comparing? The guy's got grit. The guy's got moxie, and the guy's got heart. What more do you want? Broadcast through Blog Talk Radio and CLNS Radio. They gonna love me for my ambition. Welcome to the Hooper's Log. He did a dream, a dream, though what's harder to live? Here's your host, Simo Buck. They gonna love me for my ambition. Welcome to episode 19 of the Hooper's Log. Yes, it is a Thanksgiving recap show. Oh, man, I am hungover from some serious weekend uh, slothage. It was a long, long weekend. As you know, our last show was on Wednesday, November 25th. It has been five days, four days since, and we have a ton of stuff to get to here in the world of basketball. A ton of things happened in college basketball over the weekend, as you can tell. A lot of things happen in the world of the NBA. It has been, it has just been jam-packed, and we have been off for a while. We needed the break. The break was necessary, but a lot of good things, cool things, interesting things have happened in the world of basketball. Again, you're listening live through the FanDuel Studios. If you'd like to call in today and get a concept on what's going on in the world of basketball, 323-642-1558. Again, 323-642-1558. Fifty-eight. One sad note, and we'll get into this before we start the show, uh, real quick. Real quick. But last night, obviously, breaking news. As you can tell, Kobe Bryant and I have Andrew Norris here on the line. Kobe Bryant announcing his retirement last night officially, uh, as he will end his career by the end of this season. I mean, again, this guy has kind of been pulling the Brett Favre move over the last year, year and a half now that he's going to retire next year or, you know, in a couple years or after the Olympics or I don't know what this guy is going to do. But from what it seemed last night on all the all the tributes to him and all of the stories about him from last night, it seems like this guy is truly going to retire at the end of the year. And I think and we all know this has been this has been a long time coming and we've seen this from the long start. Andrew, how you doing? And uh, what do you think from this this Kobe Bryant? this Kobe Bryant news from last night? I, I'm doing awesome. Uh, you know, last night was was a lot more, you know, as as big of NBA fans as we are, obviously we do a five-day-a-week show about the NBA. We have to this, – this is part of our life. The NBA isn't just a game to us. It's something that means a ton to people like you and me. And even people listening to the show probably feel the same way. But – you know, Kobe's not somebody who I've been a diehard fan for. I've always respected him, always loved his game. I've been a fan, but, you know, this is something that hit me a lot harder than I than I really thought it was going to. Um, I mean, this is a top, arguably a top ten player of all time. Um, you know, and he, he's one of those uh, polarizing, polarizing figures where, you know, you either love him or you hate him. I'm one of the few who are in the middle. 
but but it's really it was sad to see his his letter was beautiful uh it really captured what he wanted to say and how much this game truly means to him um it it, it was a special night and to see him almost i mean oh yeah. you know he hit the one clutch shot that he, he airballed yeah. but if that shot would have went in that moment would have been remembered forever i mean that was awesome even with the air ball, the first shot going in, I went nuts, man. And and I've always, I've bashed on Kobe quite a bit on this show. I've bashed on Kobe, but that doesn't change the fact he's one of the all-time greats. Somebody who this game is going to be way different without. Yeah, he he. His announcement was shocking to me from the standpoint of this guy is like you said, um, debatably top ten player of all time. Just. It's crazy because the last like three years he's been really just he's really just falling off the map and and it's hard to imagine you know us talking about it the way we're talking about it because it felt like it's been in the works the last two years obviously since he got hurt in 2013 um, with that ACL or that uh, excuse me that uh, that Achilles and it, it's it seems like it's been in the works for a while and and to really see that he's finally now accepting the fact that he is he is past he is past due for retirement it's 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 it is it takes you back and it and it kind of reminds me of when Jordan retired finally from the Wizards. It was like when Jordan Jordan is the ultimate like you know Brett Favre like Jordan was the greatest player at his position arguably ever and Kobe's the closest thing to it that we've ever seen and it, it reminded me a lot of what Jordan did with the with with the Wizards. He finally has accepted the fact that look he's he's done. He can't do it anymore. His body clearly can't do it anymore. Um, there are flashes of brilliance, like you saw last night, and a couple of occasions throughout the year so far, as you've seen. But on the whole, he is not—he is not the Kobe of ten, five years ago. Even um, he's just his time is up, and 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 he knows it, and we all know it. We've been seeing it for—we've been seeing it this whole month, and finally he's come to accept it. And again, and and to, and to, to kind of give light on how unbelievable this player is. I mean, kids only have seen this guy maybe the last five years of seeing what he's done. And some people are, have forgotten, not, not, not the true NBA lifers or the basketball lifers that we've been for the last, you know, our whole lives. But, you know, these kids who are growing up watching the game, I mean, you're looking at a guy who, yeah, he's decrepit now, but he was a guy at one point where you made the case that, you know, we talk about Kevin Durant and Carmelo Anthony and guys like DeMar DeRozan, James Harden. I mean, you talk about Kobe Bryant, he, he was up there with – I mean, you had guys back in the day like Tracy McGrady and T, and, and uh, Vince Carter in his prime. You, you had guys, shooting guards, who were great at scoring. But Kobe Bryant, I mean, defensively he was outstanding too. People forget about that. He was an amazing defender. But scoring-wise, at 6'7", and being able to back down, shoot fadeaways, shoot from three, uh, shoot from really literally anywhere on the court with no weakness, he was one of the more just – unbelievable dominant players and you talk about clutch this guy made some of the more clutch shots in nba history and it's 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 a shame it's a shame that father time always does this to us it's always going to happen the players are always that we love the most that have been around the league for the longest are going to retire and yeah there's a lot of resentment on kobe's behalf from a lot of people on what this guy's done throughout his career from you know off the court um, you know, obviously him being a ball hog, which you can make the case he obviously is. He is a ball hog for the most part. But at the same time, 
the guy has done things that we're never going to see from NBA players ever again. A three-peat with Shaq, uh, obviously bringing Pau Gasol and getting that group together in 2009-2010, winning an NBA title uh, back-to-back years without Shaq, recreating his own legacy. That's, that is legendary stuff. And, and like you said, we're looking at a guy, potentially when it's all said and done with him, when he retires here in next summer, at a guy who's potentially top 10 all time. And that's, that will be a debate we bring up then. But for now, we just, need to, we just need to celebrate the fact that we've seen one of the greatest players, definitely top two at his position of all time. Let's get into the show, Andrew. Are you ready to talk some college basketball first before we get into our NBA recap? Let's do it. Let's get it going. All right, all right, all right. We're going to learn today. Funny, we listened to Kevin Hart at the beginning of this. Uh, I was watching some Kevin Hart last, over the weekend, and that soundbite is still hilarious as always. But uh, anyway, let's get to the point. Uh, again, big-time weekend. College basketball did not shut down over Thanksgiving, and there were a ton of upsets, 14 upsets overall, and the rankings should be out here soon today. If not, they're already out. Yes, they are already out. We will break those down here in just a moment as, obviously, Week four rankings have just been released here in the last minute or so. But going back to the point, if you'd like to call in and talk about college basketball, 323-642-1558. Wednesday night, University of Louisville in uh, – excuse me, University of Las Vegas, uh, Nevada, Las Vegas. They won over Indiana, number 13 Indiana at the time, 72-69 with the upset. Kansas, big-time victory in a big-time game. Uh, 70 to 63 over number 19 Vanderbilt at the time on Wednesday. Thursday, like I said, upsets everywhere and a monumental win for a guy in Tom Izzo. Tom Izzo got his 500th victory in a 99-68 victory over the Boston College uh, Eagles. They got the victory there, a big time win for him as well. Obviously, 500 wins. Denzel Valentine another triple double on the season. Texas A&M upset Gonzaga 62-61. Monmouth beat number 17 Notre Dame, 70-68. to Santa Clara, un, no win, no win Santa Clara took number 11 Arizona to overtime. Brownridge, guy from Santa Clara, 44 points and a overtime loss, 75-73, a stunner, a close one. As Santa Clara still doesn't have a victory, but Arizona, they just barely eked out a win there. San Diego State got the victory, excuse San Diego State University got the victory over California, number 14, 72 58 there, another upset. Wichita State losing to USC, 72-69. Wichita State number 20 in the nation. That's definitely not going to be the case in this week's uh, rankings, as we can tell. Uh, Syracuse on Thursday night to cap it. Another victory, another upset victory. Syracuse 79-76 over the number 18 UConn Huskies. Friday, Gonzaga got the victory over UConn, as UConn obviously lost back-to-back games on back-to-back nights. Gonzaga 73-70 over 10 over 18. Wichita State, another upset, losing to Alabama, 64-60. Northeastern, this is my upset of the, of the weekend. Northeastern beating number 15 Miami in Miami on a buzzer beater, 78-77, the biggest upset of the weekend by far. Providence beating Arizona, 69-65. You kind of saw that coming with an overtime loss to Santa Clara the night before. Syracuse getting a victory over number 25 Texas A&M, 74-67. As you can tell, Syracuse is in the top 25 now. Uh, and then on Friday, again, one more game, Richmond beating Cal, 94-90 over number 14 Cal at the time. And then on Sunday, two more upsets, Bama beating Notre Dame, 74-73. Again, Notre Dame ranked 17 at the time. I don't think that'll be the case this week. And then obviously Wichita State losing again to Iowa, 
61. It's safe to say Wichita State is not in the top 25, and these are your new top 25 rankings in college basketball as of right now. Not a shocker. Kentucky's still at the top. 59 59 votes uh, for the AP poll, 6-0. Maryland got four votes. They're 6-0 as well. Michigan State got two. They're now 7-0. Kansas at four. Iowa State at five. They've jumped up at undefeated. Oklahoma is now at six. Duke, 6-1. They're now ranked seventh in the nation. Villanova, 6-0 as well. North Carolina dropped to number nine. Virginia, 5-1 at 10. Purdue, 11. Xavier, 12. Gonzaga, 13. Syracuse, 14. Oregon, 15. Vanderbilt, 16. Cincinnati, 17. Texas A&M, 18. Arizona dropped to 19th, obviously, considering the fact that they lost uh, the game that they lost over the weekend. West Virginia at 20. Miami dropped to 21 with their loss. And then uh, SMU at 22. Providence, uh, 6-1 at number 23. Louisville at 24. And Baylor at number 25. Andrew, is there anything from the world of college basketball that you saw this weekend that you want to talk about? Yeah, uh, something that's that's shocking me, and I I'm, I keep looking it over because I feel like I'm seeing it wrong. Is Alabama set a two top twenty five teams this, right. this this weekend, two out of three days. Yeah, and they didn't even get a vote for the top twenty five. I mean, teams like yeah. Northeastern and Monmouth. I know a lot of people were watching their celebrations. It was all over Twitter. Um, these these teams are all getting votes. Alabama beat two top twenty five teams and didn't even get a vote. I mean, I yeah. feel like I'm looking at this wrong, but 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 I guess I'm not. Um, in the top 25, Providence, you know, they got their first loss last night, but they looked awesome against Michigan State, stuck with them till the very, very end. Um, you know, Arizona with a huge drop from 11 all the way to 19, which is shocking to see after, you know, such a – such a storied or such a storied, you know, right. one loss. Normally, one loss for those bigger schools won't drop them as much as say somebody like an SMU. Um, Xavier with a huge jump up eleven spots to number twelve. They're, yeah. they're seven and zero. Oh. That's that's a good start. Uh, you know, you'll really see how good of a team they are when Big East play starts. Um, you, you know, the, I, I think the to, I think the top twenty five rankings, uh, aside from that Alabama, like I said, are are pretty solid. Um, I don't see any teams who are really overranked. Uh, you know, maybe Oklahoma, but even they've looked really good. Uh, you know, I don't I don't think Cal deserved to drop all the way out of the top 25. But, you know, the top three I don't think are debatable at this point. Maybe you could switch four and five, and maybe Duke could be ahead of Oklahoma. But there's nothing major that makes you go, wow, what are these guys thinking? Like, there is so often when these rankings come out, more, more often right. than college football than college basketball. But but I think these rankings are, I mean, they're solid. Teams might be a spot or two away from where we, you know, would expect them to be. But I think it looks, you know, it looks good. I think they were fair. And I don't think they favored these bigger schools as much over these lower schools as they have in years past, at least at the start of the season. Well, and we're, and again, I mentioned this at the beginning of the season, and that was only about, you know, two, two and a half weeks ago. And you're starting to see it now. You're starting to see the parody in college basketball kick in. And I think, honestly, the reason why Alabama didn't get a vote, and this isn't to bash Alabama, but seriously, this this college basketball landscape is so is so just just so much so much parody. I mean, there are so many teams that are so similar to one another, and so many teams that have so much talent that how are you going to make the how are you going to make the you know the comparison to what which team deserves to be where why they deserve to be in the top twenty five who deserves to be what spot it's Baylor is four and one in the Big Twelve and as we've known in the Big Twelve in college basketball is one of the best conferences in all of basketball 
the SEC outside of Kentucky, I mean, really, there there are not a ton. I mean, Vanderbilt's in there. But outside of that, I mean, you're not looking at a very heavy basketball, you know, storied conference when it comes to the SEC. So when you look at a team like Alabama, yes, I understand. They beat they, – they had some great games this weekend. They played some great games. Obviously, they had an upset there, a couple upsets. And you're looking at a team in Alabama who's going to jump up and, and get better. Honestly, if Alabama keeps winning, they're going to be fine. But considering at the same time, and this is what I wanted to get to my main point, it is so early in the basketball season. I mean, there's a reason why Miami didn't drop out of the top 25 when they lost to a team like, uh, like Northeastern. There's a reason why Miami didn't drop out all the way. Teams are going to stumble along the way early on. We're not going to see, and people who are freaking out about you know teams losing like they are right now early on in college basketball, stop it. No one's going to be Kentucky heading into the final NCAA championship like they were last year. No one's going to go undefeated. It's not going to happen. Teams are going to slip up early. They're going to make mistakes. Granted, they're going to have big-time matchups like Duke when they played a big team in Kentucky. You're going to have things like that, or North, or North Carolina. You're going to have things like that early on in the year, and you're going to play against teams, and there's going to be times where you face a, a semi-decent team that may be in the NCAA championship, and they're going to have one of those one of those big wins over one of these teams, and that's where that loss is going to come from, or maybe even a loss in conference play. Three losses is not going to kill your chances, as you know. I mean, it's not going to kill your chances of getting in the tournament. It's when you start having those 10, 12 losses that start to impact your ability to get in. If you have two or three bumps in the road, that's fine. That's going to happen. We saw a lot of those bumps in the road this weekend, and that's going to happen early on when you have fresh legs, young legs, tournament-type games going on, because these are all early-season tournament games, you know, Battle for Atlantis, a couple, of other, a couple of other tournaments going on as well. When you have things going on like that, you're going to have teams kind of rise up a little bit more than they would if it was just a conference game or just a non-conference scheduled game like, they, like we had about over the last couple of weeks. You're going to see games like this pop up sometime. And we saw a lot of them come through in, uh, in, the, uh, in the world. We got some breaking news, actually, outside of the world of college basketball. Breaking news right now. I wish I had the breaking news button. I can't get to it for some reason. My computer just glitched. Fantastic. Um, <laughs> players of the week. Players of the week. Paul George. He is player of the week in the Eastern Conference Averaged 37.3 points per game. And Kevin Durant got it in the Western Conference at 30.3. You talk about two guys, especially a guy in Paul George who you can make the case, and we'll talk about this more tomorrow, could potentially get player of the month. Andrew, what do you see from this? I mean, players of the month in the NBA, players of the week in the NBA, excuse me, we'll talk about players of the month tomorrow. Players of the week in the NBA, Kevin Durant, are you shocked at all by this? Uh, I think the best part about it is about five minutes before this was announced, Kevin Durant just kind of yelled at, uh, just kind of yelled at the media saying they treated Kobe like bleep and all that fun stuff. Uh, oh so my gosh! That this is this is a little ironic. Kevin Durant does that with the media a lot. It's him against the world. He kind of whines to the right. media quite a bit. Um, but, but Paul George is is in my opinion the MVP of the NBA right now. Um I, I don't think even the numbers Curry's putting up, I don't think it's even close. Paul George is miles ahead of him. <laughs> yeah, I I don't I don't think anybody's even near him. This this Pacers team without Paul George, oh who by the way have the fourth best record in the NBA? This Pacers team without Paul George <laughs> is under five hundred right now. 
under 500, okay? Paul George going in there, and he, he's LeBron right now. I don't think people realize that. Yeah. He's averaging 27 mm-hmm. points or something, and I, I don't have exact numbers, 20, 29 points, 27 points in that range. Um, another eight rebounds. I, I'm pulling up the numbers. That's kind of why I'm starting here. Another, here we go. Right here. He's having 27.2, eight rebounds, and four and a half assists. The only thing he's lacking from being, and, and I mean, his defense is, is one of the best in the league. He's just, you know, he's got to start facilitating a little more, but that, that comes with scoring the ball. If he's going to score the ball like this throughout the span of a year, those assists come easy because you're hitting double team. You're getting that drive and kick opportunity that LeBron's so famous for. I mean, th- those will come. And, and his team around him hasn't been playing great. And they have the fourth best record in the NBA. And, and it's not, you know, he's these aren't empty stats he's putting up. Like, there's a lot of players in the NBA who put up empty stats. Like, for example, Rajon Rondo, I think he puts up a lot of empty stats. Yes. Paul George yeah. is willing this team to victory every day. Last night, he was like eight for eight, or seven for eight from the free throw line in the last minute and a half. He's winning these ball games for the Pacers. Yep. And, and, and that that's an easy decision. Uh, Kevin Durant, I mean, he's Kevin Durant. He's, he's just... Good man, he's just he had an he might be the best game on Friday I've ever seen. Kevin Durant had an unbelievable game on Friday. He we'll get into the white forward performances here in just a moment, but I wanted to bring that up because uh, they just were announced the players of the week, and again we'll we'll get into more of that here in a second. But let's recap this weekend in the NBA. We just talked about the NCAA situation. Uh, there are some games tomorrow in the NCAA that we'll talk about later. Um, again, the NBA, 39 games in the week. We, there's no way. We're not going to talk about all of them. Don't, don't, don't the dial. We're not going to talk about every NBA game. That's not going to happen. We're just going to break down some of the key things that happened. Obviously, there were a couple of game winners. We have some highlights for that, and we'll get to those here in just a moment. Um, Friday night, I wanted, uh, excuse me, Wednesday night. It felt like Friday night. Uh, Wednesday night, there were a couple of games that were outstanding. There were five whiteboard-worthy performances on the scale. There were 17 overall over the weekend, we will say each wiper with a performance. Uh, but there was one thing I wanted to ask you real quick. Obviously, the Cleveland Cavaliers lose to the Toronto Raptors on Wednesday, 103-99. to This is one of the games I wanted to talk about. There was a protest before the game when Cleveland went out on the court when the dancers for Toronto were out there for Drake night. As you know, if you're out there in Toronto, they had Drake night that night. But the, the, the Cleveland Cavaliers are trying to pull this. We're still as hungry as the Golden State Warriors. We're still there. We're still what we want to be. And they're doing it in ways that are a little awkward. Now, I know as of late they've, they've toned it down. But for some reason, at the middle of part of last week, they wanted to become this team of, oh, we're, we're still hungry and whatnot. Can you collaborate more on that, Andrew? Obviously, LeBron James in that loss, uh, he passed Reggie Miller 18th all-time in scoring. But, Andrew, can you attest to why they protested like that before the game? Well, let, let's start by this. I think this is the, be- the team with the best record to ever have a players-only meeting. You never hear about players-only meeting on a 13 and 14, but this team did it. Um, And I think it really shows how high of a standard LeBron holds these guys to. Um, You know, obviously he's he's the king, he's the chosen one, but 12 and 4 or 13 and 4 that this team is hasn't been a good 13 and 4. It's been, okay, we're going to lolly egg, and then LeBron's going to go, screw this. 
I'm done with you guys playing around. I'm winning this game. Um, now that that isn't the that isn't the way you want your team to play. You want your team to feel comfortable playing, especially because in playoff time that'll bite you right in the butt. I mean, it, it'll be bad. Right. Um, so I think the the purpose of this this hunger strike, as I want to call it, it's really the opposite of a hunger <laughs> strike because they're, they're you know what I'm saying. Uh, but they just want to show that. You know, and they haven't done a pretty, they haven't done a good job of it so far. It took a LeBron, essentially a LeBron buzzer beater, to beat the Nets. Only beat the Hornets by five. The Hornets have been really good, but um, yeah, you know this this is something more so to prove uh, we still have the energy and we're not satisfied than it was actual worry and actual concern. Because guess what, Iman Shumpert and Kyrie are going to be back any day now. They were seen going all out at practice today. As I just read on Twitter, um, and this Ooh. team, you know, this team's thirteen and four now. Yeah, I mean, they'll be they'll be catching up the Warriors here pretty soon if they if they yeah. really start playing with heart every night. So I mean, this is it's it's you know yeah. this this NBA season's come down to two teams, maybe three, maybe the Spurs are in there, but really the, right now it just looks like we're going to have a rematch. Nobody's going to be close to them. And, you know, real quick, I was talking about this on the postgame show for the Celtics last night. For those of you that – I guarantee no one listened to the, the Celtics postgame show on CLNS because the Boston the, – excuse me, there was another Boston team playing last night in a downfall of a football game in uh, the Broncos and the Patriots, which was a classic, by the way, instant classic football game if you want to check that out. If you have game pass for NFL, go check it out. Unbelievable game. Um, but anyway, the point is, is – I mentioned the point where we were talking. You just mentioned it. This is becoming a two-team NBA season in Cleveland and, and, and Golden State with what they're doing. Um, I will make the debate right now. And, again, it is, it is the end of November. It is we're almost a quarter of the way through the season. This is a no-chill type of comment. It won't. This is a comment that I, I will not carry throughout the rest of the year until it starts pulling me forward. They made a comment in the middle of the Boston Celtics game between the uh, against the uh, who man who they play against the see this is bad see I even did a, po- a post Boston post game show and I already forgot the the Orlando Magic they played the Magic last night and there was a comment made throughout the broadcast where they said the Eastern Conference has a better bottom than the Western Conference now 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 I actually looked it up and I you can make the debate by making this comparison the Golden State Warriors are light years ahead of the Spurs. The Spurs are great. 14-3. and three, They've won five in a row, nine of their last ten. They've played outstanding. But you can make the debate that the bottom part of the Western Conference is worse than the bottom part of the Eastern. The Milwaukee Bucks have been struggling. They're 6-11. and 11. They're not what they should be, but they were a playoff team last year in the Eastern Conference. The Wizards, 6-8. and eight. The Knicks have gotten better. They're 8-10. and 10. Pistons. The Pistons, I think, would be a playoff team in the Western Conference right now. I think they would be. The Celtics, they're playing tough. They're playing really good teams tough. Orlando is talented as all heck. And then at the bottom of the Eastern Conference, you see the Atlanta Hawks sitting there at 11 wins. Western Conference, here's why, where I make the debate with those who think the Western Conference is still too powerful over the East. The L.A. Clippers right now, do you think, and I, and I am saying this because it's the facts. It's just the facts. Do you really think that the Clippers hold any chance against the Spurs right now? Right now. I'm not talking last year. I'm not talking last playoffs. I'm talking now. I don't think the Clippers can hold anyone's jockstrap outside of maybe the Memphis Grizzlies and the Utah Jazz. And even this weekend, we saw that they couldn't beat the Utah Jazz. So, 
what I'm trying to say is, and Minnesota is a ninth seed right now in this division, in this conference, excuse me. The Phoenix Suns are a litmus test type team where they're an average team. The Phoenix Suns can't go up against Golden State in the playoffs. You can make the debate right now that Atlanta could play the Indiana Pacers in the Eastern Conference playoffs, which they would right now at two, at two against seven, and you wouldn't know which one would be two or seven. I think the parity in the Eastern Conference is way more obvious than it is in the Western Conference. I think it is more balanced in the Eastern Conference from bottom outside of if – you, if you just eliminate Brooklyn and Philadelphia for a second, you take away those two teams and you put Milwaukee all the way through Indiana, you've got a very – very balanced Eastern Conference. Now, that doesn't mean they're all great. That doesn't mean they're all Oklahoma City Thunders or San Antonio Spurs or even Memphis Grizzlies or Dallas Mavericks. That doesn't mean or Golden State Warriors. That doesn't mean they're all those teams. That just means that from two through, you know, basically 13 in, in the Eastern Conference, it's very parity-driven. Every team is pretty much the same team. When you talk about the Western Conference, San Antonio is light years ahead of Minnesota. They are light years ahead of Portland. The Golden State Warriors are light years ahead of Oklahoma City and San Antonio right now. And those are just two those are just one or two teams between. That's where I make the comparison of saying, look, maybe the Eastern Conference isn't better at the top, but when it comes to the overall conference, it starts to spread itself out and it starts to become better when you look at it overall. Now, I'm not talking about I'm not talking about powers because Oklahoma City can win the title this year. Dallas is showing signs that they could do something. Memphis still has that opportunity to get to a deep run in the playoffs. San Antonio can win the title. Golden State can win the title. You've got teams in the West that can contend for a title. But when it comes to overall strength of conference, the Eastern Conference, I think, is more dominant and more balanced than the Western Conference. Do you think that's the case, Andrew? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I still think the Western Conference has that edge. And and the reason being, uh, I don't think any of us think that, that the Clippers or the Rockets are as bad as they've been this year. Um, you know, I don't right. think – I think the Rockets obviously have a higher chance to be the team we've seen this year. But these are still – They've won two in a row. Who, right, right. And, you know, hopefully they'll lose, they lose tonight, but that's a different discussion. But uh, these <laughs> yeah. are two teams – these are two teams that you you could – you know, the beginning of the year, I'd say probably about 50% of people had one of these – 50 to 75% of people had one of these two teams in their finals. Um, right. And they're sitting at 7th and 11th in the conference. Um, now, the teams, those are the teams that have fallen back in the West, while the teams that have fallen back in the East are Washington and Milwaukee. So if we show the difference of the teams who jumped up, which really there's only two teams in the playoffs right now who wouldn't have, excuse me, who wouldn't have been last year, uh, you know, I, I think just the, the – Power. I mean, if I name just the players in the West, think about this: Golden State. You think Steph Curry, San Antonio. You think Tim Duncan, Tony Parker, Kawhi, Manu, Oklahoma City. You got KD and you got Westbrook. Dallas. You got Dirk. Uh, you know, Clippers. You got the big three. Houston. You got the big two. But then you go to the East. Obviously, Cleveland. You got the big three. But then Indiana. Uh, you know, Paul George, of course. But then behind him, it's not that great of a team. Good team, not a great team. Miami, not a great team, a good team. Chicago, not a great team, a good team. So in the West, there's a there's a whole lot of teams that have the potential to be great or are already great. Right. While in the East, there's more teams that are going to be very good to very, very good at best. Yeah. 
It's, I agree with you there. I, 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 and I said, again, I, I said it because it's, it's the East is starting to shift. Finally, they're finally starting to shift into a parody driven conference compared to years past where it's always been a below average team makes the postseason. Finally, we're getting teams that are actually around average, maybe above average kind of turning up in the, in the conference. Now, obviously that can change here in the next month that could change here in the next couple of weeks. We know that can be the case, but as of right now, going into December, it's looking like the Eastern conference is finally starting to make a turn of becoming a better conference overall. And it's good to see because it helps the NBA and it helps everything from a perspective of could Indiana fit, you know, for example, could Boston play, you know, a team like Utah? Yeah, they totally could with the way they've been playing over the last couple of, couple of weeks, they have been playing outstanding. I think they can compete with a team like Utah, but from years ago, if you had a team like Boston, like, you know, from last year, there's no way you Boston would have competed with a team like Utah right now. There's no way. And so you can make the, and, and even New Orleans, there's no way New Orleans or Oklahoma city, the ninth and eighth seeds in the Western conference last year could compete with a team like Boston or Brooklyn. They would have dominated. They would have killed them. This year, you can make the case, and I know, I know New Orleans is going through some health issues and they're going through some coaching things right now, but on the whole, you can see that the Eastern Conference bottom portion can finally compete with the bottom portion of the West, and that's where you start to see parity and you start to see good things from both conferences. Let's skip over uh, Wednesday and what happened there. Uh, obviously, let's go to the whiteboard performances for Wednesday. There were five. Andre Drummond, 20 rebounds on Wednesday night. In a victory over the Miami Heat, 104 to 81. Drummond, 18 points, 20 rebounds, two steals, five blocks, a 45 on the whiteboard worthy. But who cares? That was an outstanding performance by him with 20 rebounds. James Harden, 40 points, five assists, five rebounds, 58 on the whiteboard worthy performance scale. As Houston gets loses to Memphis, 102-93. But James Harden again went off. Russell Westbrook again, 27 points, 13 assists, six rebounds, five steals. Video game numbers, 64, 64 on the whiteboard worthy performance scale. As Oklahoma City gets the win over Brooklyn, 110 to 99. This is Wednesday games, whiteboard the performances. Brandon Knight, another whiteboard the performance, 29 points, 10 assists, four steals, four rebounds, 57 on the whiteboard with the performance. As Phoenix loses to New Orleans, 120 to 114. And Blake Griffin, 40 points, 12 rebounds, three assists, and two blocks. Obviously on there with his 40 points, a 60 on the whiteboard with the performance scale. As the Los Angeles Clippers lose to the Utah Jazz. 102 to 91. That was the game I was mentioning. And that are your, those are Wednesday white boy performance. Friday. Friday game. These are the Friday games in the NBA. And again, we're not going to go into all of them. We're just going to go into a couple. Indiana gets the win over Chicago. Again, you mentioned it. Paul George went off in that one. Paul George was an absolute monster. 33 points, eight rebounds, two assists. He didn't quite get a white boy performance, but the guy was still a monster in that one. And you mentioned it. And again, Indiana right now sitting at the two spot in the Eastern Conference. I love when I hear you give some praise to Indiana because I know you're a Detroit fan and I know you don't like them, but I gave love to them in the offseason, Andrew. And guess what? It warms my heart when I hear you say good things about my predictions <laughs> because Indiana is playing outstanding. They're playing unbelievable. Paul George is in the MVP discussion right now. This was something I said, look, look at this guy with Monte Ellis and George Hill. Coming into the season, they're playing Amazing basketball. They've won five in a row, eight of their last two. They're not going to catch Cleveland, and if they do, it's a mirage. They're not what we think, but we're seeing Indiana come back to the Indiana we saw 
a couple years ago when they played the Heat in the India in the Eastern Conference Finals back-to-back years. We're seeing that Indiana Pacers team again. I'm not saying they're going to stay at that clip. I'm not saying they're going to be there all year. I'm just saying when it comes to a perennial top four Eastern Conference team, they're showing it and they're proving what I was talking about in the season uh, before the season began. And again, I don't think they're going to hold this two seed. I don't think they're going to be this way all year, but I think they're going to stay around that 45, 50 win area. And I think they're going to get there and be a top four seed in the East with the way that they have been playing. Again, another game on Friday I wanted to mention Boston blowing out Washington, 111-78. to I mean, this was, a, this was a knocker. I mean, they just dominated in this one. I didn't say, see this one coming at all when I was looking at games on over the weekend. Um, and another game that really is worth mentioning, and it's worth mentioning we'll get into later, James Harden got 50 points over the Philadelphia 76ers as James Harden went for 50 again, like I said, 116-114, to 114, and at the time, obviously Philadelphia played last night. Uh, Houston handed, handed Philadelphia their 27th straight loss, the longest at the time, longest losing streak in U.S. American sports history. Uh, it's, it's getting gross there in Philadelphia. Um, and real quick, I'm going to break down the whiteboard with the performances from Friday. There were seven of them. And the guy that I ripped, that I ripped, in the offseason, Robert Covington had a whiteboard-worthy performance. And Andrew told me a crazy stat, 22 steals in the last three games. The guy is playing some form of defense, apparently, and he's actually doing something. Uh, but anyway, he had a whiteboard-worthy performance on Friday, seven of them for Friday. Uh, Robert Covington, 28 points, seven rebounds, five assists, and eight steals for a five, 53 on the whiteboard-worthy performance scale. James Harden, as I mentioned, he had a star-worthy performance, the only star-worthy performance of the weekend. 50 points, 8 assists, 9 rebounds for a 75 overall. And then Kevin Durant, this was the game I was talking about as the Oklahoma City Thunder decide to come in and just absolutely annihilate a team like the Pistons. Sorry, guys. Sorry. I'm sorry to mention it, but when Andre Drummond only gets 7 rebounds, it, it's, it's just going to happen. And when KD goes off the way he goes off, good luck. 34 points, 13 rebounds, 5 assists, and 3 blocks, a 60 for Kevin Durant as he just imploded for a great game against the Pistons. I think he's finally trying to find his step back and find a way to get in, into this rotation for the Thunder and be effective, uh, you know, obviously as Russell Westbrook's taking over for this team. Kawhi Leonard got a 60 on the whiteboard with a performance scale, 25.7 rebounds, six assists as the Spurs beat the Nuggets 91-80 on Friday. And then you have a team in the uh, – and then, and then you have a couple of whiteboard with performances in the – a 17th win in a row for the Warriors, 21st in a row, 135-116 victory over the Phoenix Suns in Phoenix as Steph Curry goes off 41 points, 8 assists, 6 rebounds, 2 steals, a 65 on the whiteboard with the performance scale. And the last one, actually, no, there was a couple more, sorry. Draymond Green, 14 points, 10 rebounds, 10 assists, 2 blocks, only a 46, but he had a triple-double, so that counts as a whiteboard with the performance. And then Rajon Rondo, an empty stat whiteboard with the performance. Again, as the Kings lose to the Timberwolves, 101-91. But Rajon Rondo, 16 points, 16 assists, and four rebounds. A 52 on the whiteboard with the performance scale. That's Rajon Rondo. Um, let's go to the Saturday games real quick, and then I'll let Andrew talk. I wanted to just kind of recap a little bit and get to these whiteboard with the performances. On Saturday, there were a couple of game winners. Here's one of them from LeBron James. But they also don't want to force themselves into a uh, prayer with one or two seconds left. With the ball in the hands of 23. Shocker. Spread floor. Game in the balance. Cotton mouth all over the cube. 
Here we go. Final five seconds. Going to work. LeBron James hooks. Got it! He did it! That was LeBron James's game winner over the Brooklyn Nets as they win 90-88. to That was the game mentioned by Andrew earlier on. And then obviously, as you know, we have Corey Joseph on the game winner for the Toronto Raptors. I know, I know. Drake Knight was Wednesday. Drake Knight was Wednesday, but this was Corey Joseph's night on Saturday. Harold to inbound it. The Raptors do not have a timeout left. Carroll finds DeRozan. DeRozan pushed. Joseph in the corner for the win. Got it! Corey Joseph in the corner for the win! Big-time victory there for the Toronto. For Toronto. Big, big-time victory over the Washington Wizards. 11-6 now the Toronto Raptors. 84-82 over the Washington Wizards in that one. Again, Corey Joseph has been playing unbelievable off the bench for this team. He is making a case for sixth man of the year as he has been playing for the Toronto Raptors. Every single time I see him come off the bench and play for this team, and I've been watching them uh, ever so often recently, off and on, you know, when it comes to these condensed games, every time I see Corey Joseph on the floor, that team becomes better. That is the significance of what a sixth man can do, and Corey Joseph is starting to prove that he is one of the better guys in the league to come off the bench and play a role that, like no other guy can, a lot like Bobby Jackson, in a way, from the Sacramento Kings from back in the day, he is playing unbelievable basketball off the bench. Saturday, again, those are your game winners. Golden State also improved their record to 18-0 and as they beat the Sacramento Kings 120-101. to Again, 18-0, and now 22 games in a row winning. This team is out of control. I mean, you talk about some undefeated teams in sports. I mean, the, the Patriots from 2007. You talk about the Miami Dolphins. Of These are football teams we're talking about. This is the NBA. 18-0 and is silly. Draymond Green with another uh, wipe-worthy performance with a triple-double. He had 13 points, 11 rebounds, 12 assists, and four blocks. Don't forget about Anthony Davis's wipe-worthy performance with 36 points, 11 rebounds, and two steals, three blocks, a double-double with cheese, 52 on the wipe-worthy performance scale, but they get the loss in Utah, 101-87. to um, But this Golden State Warriors team, as we've mentioned, Andrew, is on another planet. They're not on Earth anymore. They're not on Mars. They're, they're, they're on, like, Jupiter right now. This team is out of control. What have, what have you seen from this team recently? Again, we've mentioned this in the past, last week when they got their 15th in a row. Now they've won three in a row after that record-breaking night. 22 in a row now. How much longer is this going to go, Andrew? How much longer is it going to go? Uh, it's going to end tonight. Uh, yeah. The Utah Jazz are the team. Yeah. I mean, you want a team that's just going to – if this team's to lose to a team that doesn't have, say, LeBron James or Tim Duncan on it, uh, you got it's got to be a grit-and-grind team, a team that's not going to make stupid mistakes. Um, you wish the Jazz might. They're still young. But a team that can, that can dominate you defensively, that knows their role defensively, and that can stick with their guy defensively. Okay. When you have a guy who has over almost an eight-foot reach – or I think it's well over, and I, I can't even remember, but Rudy Gobert, um, those lobs aren't going to come as easy. And, and I'm sure they're telling him, hey, don't leave the paint. I would rather have you get five three-second violations than allow ten lobs like these Warriors do every night. Okay? Um, 
you know, the Warriors are on this road trip, and they got to lose at some point, even though they have the best setup schedule I've ever seen, especially when you compare right. somebody like the a team like the Pistons that are playing don't have two straight nights off for like oh, 20 days or something crazy like that. Yeah, um, yeah. The, the, but this road trip, it, it you know, it's still a road trip. The Jazz are Jazz are a good team, and they're gonna get the best shot from the Jazz as they always do from everybody. Okay, the best shot is always gonna go against the best team. Um, but but as far as how they've been playing so far, uh, right. right now, if the, if they continue this pace, they'll have the fourth highest offensive efficiency of all time. Uh, third highest, obviously, being Steve Nash, Amari Stoudemire's sons' teams. Uh, I, I don't, I don't know what the first and second are, but just to show, you know, how much, how great this team has been offensively. Uh, but one thing I've started to notice, they've got a little relaxed on defense. Um, yeah. Now, if they get relaxed on defense in their last two games, they allowed 101 and 116 points. Um, if they get relaxed on defense and have an off shooting night that's when this team's going to run into some real trouble. And the Jazz are the type of team that can make you have an off-shooting night. Uh, and now we're finally seeing this. Of course, it's a tiny injury, but finally an injury for the Warriors with Harrison Barnes not going to be able to play. Yeah. So the next they said three or so games. Uh, so we'll see how their backups backups do. Uh, you know, obviously now Andre Iguodala will be in the starting lineup. So who's going to take Udala's spot? Probably James Michael McAdoo when the bench comes in. That's something people seem to forget. When one of your starters gets injured, not only is he out of the starting lineup, but the bench loses a bench player. Because that bench, the original right. bench player, has to move to the starting lineup, which I think Rotation has just changes. as much of an impact. Right, right, exactly. I think that just has just as much of an impact as as losing, you know, losing the guy out of the starting lineup, especially when it's somebody like Andre Iguodala, who's been so unbelievably good, shooting 49% from three this year. Um, but this, yeah, this Warriors it, team, it, yeah. if they don't they've lose tonight, man, I, I just don't know. <laughs> they've been they've they've been unbelievable. I mean, again, and I agree with you. I think tonight is the night. This will be the game I watch tonight. We'll get to our previews here in a moment, but I wanted to mention – this real quick for Sunday's uh, action that we had last night in the NBA. We had three wipe over the performances, but one thing I want to get to before we get to that is Memphis beating Philadelphia. Whoa, hello. Uh, Memphis beating Philadelphia 92-84 over the Philadelphia 76ers. Philadelphia 0-18. Now they've lost 28 straight games in the regular season. And the main topic with all of this, is Jaleel Okafor. And I just got some breaking news. I guess it's rumors, but but uh, Jaleel Okafor apparently tried to get into a bar with fake a fake ID in October. He was refused service. This was around the same time he had the, he was involved in a shooting. He didn't do the shooting, but he was involved around a shooting. Uh, he threw some punches in a bar over the weekend. Uh, also in early November, about three weeks ago, he was driving 108 miles an hour. This is... This is maybe character attacking from the media and TMZ and things like that. But at the same time, you start to question, what crowd is this guy hanging around? What is he doing in his spare time away from the basketball court? Because last time I checked, a year ago, this guy was at Duke under Coach K, winning an NBA, NCAA title. 
and all of a sudden this guy has turned into a character flaw magnet over the last two months. Andrew, what can you say from this, and what can you say about Jaleel Okafor and what he's been like over the last couple of months? It's been weird. Uh, my my number one thought is obviously when one thing happens, these people start digging and digging and digging. Yeah. But yeah, you know. So my my first thought that pops into my head is, well, what are the other guys like? You know, who have the fame and this money? Are they all doing crazy stuff like right. that? And you just don't know. Um, but you know, at this point, it's getting it's getting kind of scary. You know, when somebody doesn't have yeah. any issues, and then it turns into issue after issue after issue. That's when you right. start thinking, okay, this fame might have got to them, and and I, right. I don't want to say the word crazy as crazy. I mean, legitimately, has this person lost their mind and gone crazy? And I'm not right. saying they're going to go right. out and kill ten people, but I'm saying does yeah. he not realize anymore what's right and what's wrong? That is a form of being crazy. Is not not understanding yep. the good from the bad, not learning from your mistakes, get shot going out and doing the exact same thing two weeks later. That sounds a little bit crazy to me. You know, when you're when you're yeah. famous and you know if you do something, it's going to be everywhere. Going Try and use a fake ID when you're famous. Everybody knows who you are. If that bar was in right. Philadelphia, Jalil Okafor should be punched in the face just for stupidity. Um, right. And then not only that, then you go and you do 108. You're lucky that doesn't get out because speeding tickets and all that nonsense gets out all the time. And then yeah. you go and you try to punch a guy through his car window until he pulls a gun on you. And then you're like, well, this guy probably won't have a gun, so I'm going to go punch him in the face. Uh, yeah, no. I saw that he only played nine minutes yesterday, I think. Um, if I'm not mistaken, I might be wrong on that. Uh, don't hold me to it. I'm going to check while I'm talking here. But this is a guy who who came out, you know, you never heard a bad word about him. You always heard he was a great kid. He, he did everything right. Um, you know, he, he had his own way. Oh, no, he played 32 minutes last night. I don't know what I saw. But this this 76ers team, they're already so bad. Uh, you know, I'm getting to the bottom of this, and if I'm finding out all this stuff is true, I'm suspending him for 25 games. Yeah, Okay. I agree with that. You have to, This is a 19-year-old kid, okay? this He's a yeah. kid still. You know, this is a, he just started making millions of dollars. You have to show, and, and without pay. He's suspended without pay. Right. You're not going to get around to this person until he's like, wait a minute, now I don't have millions of dollars or hundreds of thousands of dollars coming to me every week. What am I supposed to do? You know, and, you know, I, I don't think if, if somebody was in trouble with the law four times in a month and a half, and yeah. five games without pay might be nice. That might be generous, okay? Uh, you know, right now, and while this investigation is going on, He's not playing during that either. Um, now, obviously, no. Philadelphia is so desperate for a win, I don't think they're going to take that route. But me personally, that's that's the route I would take, and I wouldn't think twice about it. Yeah, the guy is just – this news has all come really sudden over the last week or so, and it's been really eerie to hear. And, again, like you said, digging might be the case. There's not as much drama in the NBA right now as, as usual. And maybe this is more of just a, an assassination of character than anything. Everyone makes mistakes. He's young. And maybe all of his mistakes have combined up into one thing, and maybe it's just all hitting us so sudden. But I agree with you. With this amount of mistakes over the last, you know, two months, it's, it's, it's a little strange and a little, like you said, out of control, crazy-like. One more dramatic thing that happened over the weekend, and that was on Friday night, 
when Jason Kidd swiped at a referee with the, with the ball. Apparently, he disagreed with the ref. I really like Jason Kidd when it comes to his demeanor and how he presents himself, but as a, as on the basketball court, as a person, and some of the things I've heard about him off the floor, I really don't agree with. A lot of the things he's done off the floor, I don't agree with him as a person, but on the basketball court, he always seems to have the perfect demeanor and perfect way to about himself. He snapped on Friday night in a loss to the in the loss to the Orlando Magic, one fourteen to ninety, and he got suspended for the game that was on Sunday as the Bucks lost to the Hornets, eighty seven eighty two. This Bucks team has been struggling, and you mentioned to me early on in the year that this would be a team that would miss the postseason. They're starting to look like so again. It's early, but six and eleven to start the year is not a good way to start in your first quarter of the year. And, and with this with this drama that happened on Friday night. What can you make of that, uh, Andrew? And what is your take on this Bucks team early on right now with what Jason Kidd's gone through? Um, you know, it, it's it's a team that looks lost. You know, it, it's a team that has a lot of good players. Not, you know, I don't think they have any great players. They have one one player with the potential to be great, and Giannis. Obviously, I'm not even going to attempt his last right. game. Maybe Jabari too. Um, but it's a team that's not playing together. They're playing individual ball. Um, as I'll say for the hundredth time, it's the Greg Monroe effect. Uh, he's a guy yeah. that makes you come out. If he gets the ball in the post, he's going to put crazy beautiful footwork on until he gets a shot. He'll miss it about half the time, no matter how open he is. But he's never going to dish it out of that post. Sure, he, he he'll he'll average more assists than most big men. But that's off of a, you know, he's getting the ball in the post way more than most big men with the opportunity to dish it, with the opportunity to kick it, you know. Um, this team, I don't think they're going to work out. Uh, you know, if if they were going to work out, and this isn't because of my – I don't hate Greg no, you know, he, he He made the Pistons not be the joke of the whole league for a couple years here. But I think John Henson is a better start in the starting – or a better fit in the starting lineup than Greg Crow. Or it's as simple as don't make stupid mistakes like trading uh, Brandon Knight for Michael Carter-Williams. Brandon Knight would have teamed to the next level. They're now like, you know, they've lost something like double the games that they've won since trading Brandon Knight. This isn't a mirage. Wow. This isn't a good team that's starting bad. This is a team that traded away the piece that completed them and is now paying for it and is going to continue to pay for it for the rest of the year. Yeah, it's uh, it, this team is seeming lost. The more and more they play, it's it, it's it's interesting because they came in with so much potential, and I was talking about them potentially being a top five team in the in the East. They 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 just they just don't look like they're putting it together right now. And granted, it's early; they could turn it around before we know it. But as of now, it has just been an absolute joke and a firestorm there, especially with the with the suspension of Jason Kidd uh, last night in the loss to Charlotte. Uh, recap real quick for Sunday before we head into our preview of Monday games. Uh, we're just going to recap the games that happened on uh, when it came to wipe away the performances. The Clippers, they got a victory over the Timberwolves, 107-99, getting back on track now, and 9-8, and uh, hanging around in the, in the bottom portion of the Western Conference. Blake Griffin, wipe away the performance, 26 points, 8 rebounds, 8 assists, 2 blocks, 52 on the whiteboard with the performance skill. James Harden, another outstanding game, even though in a, in a win over the New York Knicks. Again, another great game. Aaron Aflalo had 31 points in that game. But James Harden, 26 points, 9 assists, 7 rebounds, and 2 steals. 53 again on the whiteboard with the performance scale. And then in a game against the Phoenix Suns and Raptors, a big one there. 
Phoenix Suns get the win, all of it needed by Eric Bledsoe, and a 20-point, 11 assists, 5 rebounds, 3 blocks three blocks from a point guard, 50 on the whiteboard with the performance scale. Eric Bledsoe gets it done. Those are most of your recap games. And one thing I wanted to talk about real quick, Andrew, what's going on with your Pistons? They lost to the Nets last night. That's unacceptable. Andre Drummond had 20 points in eight rebounds. Unacceptable. What happened? Uh, the schedule's killing them. I mean, I, no, I, okay. I've mentioned it a hundred yeah, no, times. I know. And I, I, it might sound like an excuse, but this is this is the worst setup schedule I've ever seen. Now, there was huge complaints about it last year. They played 20 back-to-backs last year, okay? Huge complaints. You know what the NBA said? You know, we we got to fix that. It's impossible for a team to get, you know, get any confidence, get any momentum when they're playing 20 back-to-back. They come back this year and give them 22 back-to-backs, okay? This Jeez. team has almost 20 days, has almost 20 days without back-to-back days off. They, you know, they, they played three games in four days, three games in four days, had two days off, and then played three games in four days again. It's it's absurd. Yeah. It's ridiculous. It's stupid. Um, and they're gonna get you know they're lucky that the Rockets are also on their third game in four nights tonight. Yeah. Uh, they they yeah. played Friday Sunday and they're playing tonight just like the Pistons. So legs aren't gonna be an excuse tonight. But it's been it's been a joke and you know that that it, it makes me angry to talk about. It. I don't know if you can tell, but they they should come out tonight yeah. and it, it should be a very competitive game. And speaking of that game, let's go into the let's go into the preview. Uh, I agree with you. I think the Pistons tonight will get the win. They're favored by four over the Rockets. I think they'll get it done. And Andre Drummond will have a dominant game over Dwight Howard. Celtics and Heat again. This is a back to back for the Celtics as well. Celtics came out poor last night. They did not play well at all. I think they 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 got a little outmatched. I think in this one they have a chance of competing. I think they'll get the win. They're uh, Miami favored by three. I'd take the Celtics plus three in that one. I think they'll get it done and find a way to pull it out. Thunder and Hawks, one of the games of the night, obviously, both teams with 11 wins. Russell Westbrook playing unbelievable basketball. The, the, the Thunder are favored by two and a half. Take those two and a half. I think they'll get the victory in that one. Spurs and Bulls, another outstanding matchup. This will be low scoring, I can guarantee you that. I think the Spurs will get it done, but I wouldn't be shocked if – actually, I think the Chicago Bulls will find a way to win this game. Reason being is they're, they're in Chicago. The Spurs have won a lot of games in a row, five, like I said. They've, they've played outstanding over the last ten, nine out of the last ten they've won. I think the Bulls will find a way to pull this one out. Jimmy Butler and Kawhi Leonard should be one of the better matchups we see all year from a both ends of the board, uh, of, the, of, the, of the court perspective. Nuggets and, 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 uh, Nuggets and Bucks. I think the Bucks will get it done. I think they'll find a way to finally get over the hump and win. They're favored by four. Take the Milwaukee Bucks. They should win this game easily. Warriors and Jazz. This is game of the night. If you're not watching this game, you're not an NBA fan. If you're not watching this game, you're not an NBA fan. Warriors are favored by eight. I think the Jazz will cover, will, will beat that spread, and they'll probably only lose by five. If the Jazz win, I would not be shocked. Again, back-to-back night for the war- – well, not a back-to-back night, but a Warrior game where, again, the Jazz are going to play their best game tonight. Mavericks and Kings. Mavericks are just better than the Kings, let's just be honest. Dallas is favored by a point and a half. Take them. They're going to win. Trailblazers and Clippers should be a fun one. Clippers are favored by eight. Don't take that line. Portland might win. They, they will cover that spread. They will cover that spread. Trailblazers will get done. Andrew, what do you see from tonight? Uh, you know, Pistons, Rockets, I just want to real quick. It's going to be fun. Uh, Andre Drummond always, always seems to play his best ball against uh, the best centers in the league. Uh, if you go look at his recent performances, that's always how it's done. He always shows up in the big games. Uh, Celtics versus Heat, that's, that's going to be a fun one. I'll definitely be wa- – uh, I mean, I probably won't be watching a ton of it, but I'll be flipping on it. 
Nuggets and Bucks. If you if you want to watch good NBA tonight, don't watch the Nuggets versus Bucks. Okay, don't do it. <laughs> Thunder versus Hawks. Uh, it's team play versus one on one on one ball. Spurs Bulls. Another great one. Go Jazz. Go Jazz. Go. Uh, you know, weird spread. Weird spread for the Sacramento Dallas game. Uh, you know how much I hate weird spreads because Vegas always knows. And then, like you said, Trailblazer probably keep it close. Um, but but I think the Clippers pull it out. This was a jam-packed show. Uh, we're out of here. Again, you heard a loud outro. We're, we're past the live edition. Jam-packed show. Andrew, we're out of here. We're here tomorrow. We're going to recap the month of November tomorrow. We're going to talk about the top ten performances. We're going to give our player of the month predictions, recap the, mo- the game for Monday, any games from the NCAA, and top ten performances. This will be a podcasted show for tomorrow on episode 20. Andrew, anything else before we go? Uh, nothing, but thank you guys so much for listening. Uh, you know, one more time, shout out to Kobe Bryant and to everybody else. Peace. All right, everybody, have a great, great night. Hopefully you're back from Thanksgiving and you're not hungover. Have a great, great week. <laughs>